Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about irritable bowel syndrome. If you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com slash IBS or in the gastroenterology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. Let's get straight into it. Irritable bowel syndrome is a functional bowel disorder. This means that there's no identifiable organic disease underlying the symptoms. The symptoms are a result of abnormal functioning of an otherwise normal bowel. It's often described as a diagnosis of exclusion, which means that it's a diagnosis that can only be made when we know that there's no other pathology there. So other pathology that might be causing the symptoms has been excluded. It's a very common condition and it occurs in up to 20% of the population and it affects women more than men and it's more common in younger adults. So typical symptoms are things like diarrhea, fluctuating with constipation and there's a characteristic fluctuation of the bowel habit. So one moment they might be struggling with constipation and at another time they might be struggling with diarrhea. They tend to also complain of abdominal pain, bloating and the symptoms are characteristically worse after eating and improved by opening the bowels. So how can we make a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome? So going by the NICE guidelines, other pathology needs to be excluded. So you need to check a full blood count, ESR and CRP and this is to check that the patient's not become anemic from a lot of blood loss and there's no inflammation in the bowel. And if these are normal, this would suggest more of a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome. We should also check a fecal calprotectin to make sure this is negative and exclude inflammatory bowel disease. It's also important to check celiac disease serology. So check an anti-TTG antibodies and make sure these are negative and the patient doesn't have celiac disease. And we need to be sure that cancer is not suspected And if we do suspect cancer, that it's been excluded with appropriate investigations such as a colonoscopy. Then we need to look at symptoms that are suggestive of IBS. And NICE suggests that we should use abdominal pain or discomfort, which is either relieved by opening the bowels or associated with a change in bowel habit, or both of these. And they need to have two of abnormal stool passage, bloating, symptoms that are worse after eating, or mucus associated with bowel movements. So how do we manage patients with irritable bowel syndrome? Well, making a positive diagnosis and providing reassurance that there's no serious pathology is quite important, and it really can help to improve the experience that the patient has of their condition. And then we need to be able to give a good explanation about what the condition is and how we manage it properly. Then we give some general healthy diet and exercise advice such as taking enough fluid, having regular smaller meals, reducing the amount of processed food that they have and limiting their caffeine and alcohol consumption. There's also something called a low FODMAP diet and FODMAP stands for fermentable oligo, dye, monosaccharides and polyols and these are chemicals that tend to be poorly absorbed in the small intestine and can aggravate symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. But usually this diet would be introduced under the guidance and the advice of a dietitian. There's also a suggestion that we can try probiotic supplements and we try these for four weeks to see whether they give an improvement in symptoms and if they don't then we stop them. 
The first line medication that we would use is loperamide to help with diarrhea, laxatives to help with constipation, but particularly avoiding lactulose as this can cause bloating. A medication called linaclotide is used as a specialist laxative for patients with irritable bowel syndrome that are not responding to first-line laxatives, and this is usually initiated by a specialist. And we can use antispasmodic medication to help with abdominal pain and abdominal cramping. And this is things like hyacine butyl bromide or buscopan. Second-line medication are tricyclic antidepressants such as amitriptyline, starting at a small dose of maybe 5 or 10 milligrams at night time. And then third-line medication would be to try SSRI antidepressants. Cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT is also an option to help patients psychologically manage the condition and to reduce the distress that's associated with the symptoms. So thanks for listening to this podcast on irritable bowel syndrome. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your colleagues and I'd be very grateful if you could leave me a rating or a review on iTunes or whichever podcast app you use and I hope you tune in for the next episode which will be on celiac disease.